Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. So I was a child who grew up mostly in the 90s. And if you grew up either in the 90s or earlier, you know life without cell phones and a lot of the technologies that we have today. And I actually, I can remember when we went and our family got our very first cell phone and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It did not text message you had to actually pick up the phone and call people with it. This has kind of become a foreign thing nowadays. I actually remember thinking like, how nice would it be if you could just send a little voice recording to someone and you didn't have to wait for them to answer the phone or interrupt them, right? So it was straight up just for making phone calls. There was no camera on this thing. I can remember a lot of my friends when their parents got their first cell phone, it was literally in a box and they carried it and they set it in the center console of their car. And the other thing that it did not have was a GPS. GPS did not exist when I was growing up. And I can remember when, when it was time to take a road trip, there was no such thing as Google Maps. What we had was this big atlas. It was this really big book and you would flip it and each page or sometimes two pages would be a state with all the interstates and all the roads. So you actually had to plot out your trip before you left. You had to know which way to go, which exits to get off of and how to get there. And I wasn't really driving in this stage of life, but I'm assuming that if you were driving, you would probably ask around for other people to say, okay, which route did you take? Which route is good? Where are the fun places to stop on your way? Anything I need to know, because there was not these special features to let you know about all the rest stops, right? You didn't have that in your car, that little thing where you could just click nearest restroom and you would find the nearest bathroom break. And there also wasn't features to tell you when roads were closed. It was literally like setting out on an adventure. And as you go, if you were lucky enough back then, you had someone with you in the front seat to help you read the map while you were driving. And I guess I say this considering that hopefully you had someone that was good at reading maps and paying attention, right? It was a true test of the relationship of those front seat passengers because you actually had to pay attention. You actually had to read the road signs and have an idea of your surroundings and where you were going. And I think for a lot of people who grew up in this era without GPS, you knew that eventually there would come this time where either you were just talking or not paying attention, or maybe the street signs weren't very good and you missed an exit and you went right past your turn. But see, back then there wasn't this loud, annoying recalculating, make a U-turn, right? There was no thing to tell you that. And so you were just driving until you suddenly got this little gut feeling that uh, this doesn't look right. Something doesn't look right. I think we've gone too far. And this is a moment when you get off your course where stuff starts to get real. You, you see what you're really made of. You either get that person who we all want to be, who's the driver who just patiently pulls over to the side. They get a bearing of their surroundings. They calmly look at the map and then they turn and recalculate and get themselves right back on track. Like nothing ever happened. We all want to be this person. But then I think most of us, our true flesh comes out <laughs> when these moments happen. And maybe you get the person who's just like, I know what I'm doing. And they refuse to ask for help. So as fast as they can, they turn the car around, they make a U-turn and they're going so fast. They mix the exit again. And before you know it, you're spending five hours hours driving back and forth in a five mile radius because they are so frustrated. They won't slow down to look at the map or to ask for help. <laughs> and so it becomes 
a long journey when you get stuck in that forward and backwards motion. But then you may also have that person who's just quick to surrender, right? This person who's like, oh no, I am off my path. I got to find somebody. I got to find a gas station person, whoever can help me get in the right direction. And so you stop and ask whoever you can find for directions. And boy, you pray that you get the right person that's speaks your direction language. This is what I'm talking about, right? I am the type of person who I need to know, okay, you need to go down the road and turn right at the Starbucks, keep going straight until you see the Chick-fil-A and then go left and then you will see the interstate sign on your right. I need that type of language. If someone comes to me and says, you need to go two miles to the south, then take a right, half a mile down the road, veer right at the Y and then turn to the left at the next intersection, you'll be there. I might as well just turn around and go home or just know I'm gonna be lost forever because those type of directions don't connect with me. And, and wouldn't it be nice, right? If we just had this little guide to direct us and all of you listening are saying, yes, of course, because this is where we are now. We live in this place. Praise be to Jesus that there are people who have figured out how to make GPS work where you know exactly where you're going. When you get off track, you know where to go. And ultimately it is saving one front seat relationship at a time, right? We've got it everywhere. We've got it on our phone, our watches. It knows our destination. It can recalculate based on traffic or accidents. It can even tell you you went to slow down because there is a speed trap ahead. And if you don't listen, you'll find out really quickly that you should have listened, listened because then you'll really be slowed down when the cop pulls you over on the side of the road. I know some people who have experienced that the not so good way. Um, and then if you, even if you make a wrong turn, it will quickly tell you and guide you right back where you need to be. And it's just so quick and it's easy and it helps us go on our path without even having to think about it. And I think that there are so many of us going through our life and our life journey acting like we don't have a GPS. We're out on this journey where we think we're supposed to be, but as soon as we get off track, then boy, stuff really starts to get real. We're either the person who just makes this really quick U-turn and try and figure it out for ourselves and we end up going round and round in circles, never making any progress. Maybe we're the person who will just reach out and ask anyone for help. As long as they give me some sort of direction, I don't care what their background is. I don't care how well they know me or where I'm at. I'm just going to take someone who will point me in some direction. And then what happens for all of us is we either run out of gas and become completely exhausted living life this way, or we just head back to where we came from and we never get to the destination that we were supposed to be on. And wouldn't it be nice if we had some kind of GPS for our life, some kind of guide to help us on the way, something to signal to us when we've gone wrong, to redirect us back to our course, something that knew our destination and will get us there even when detours happen, when accidents come or we make the wrong term. And here's the best thing. We do have this. It's a part of us. It's built into us. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit, God dwelling in us to guide us into our life. But the problem is a lot of us have that mute button on. Some of us intentionally, but some of us have no idea that that is even something that exists or how it even got muted. And boy, does it really hit you when you are driving, expecting to hear something and you accidentally got that mute button on the GPS and you are just driving and driving and driving. And before you realize it, you've gone really far. And so today we're going to talk about unmuting that voice of the Holy Spirit, or maybe you are just the person that's got the music blaring so loud, so many noises and distractions in your life that you can't hear the Holy Spirit guiding you. Before Jesus had died, he gave us information about a helper, a helper that he would send for us when he was gone. And so Jesus talked about this in John 16. He said, very truly, I tell you, it is good 
that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then he goes on a little bit further to say, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And so Jesus is telling us that as he goes, he's not going to leave us. He's going to give us this Holy Spirit, a guide for life, a guide for truth, a guide so that we can see where we've gone wrong. And most of all, see our need for Jesus to make things right in our life, a guide to speak into our life what Jesus wants us to know. After Jesus died, he appeared to the apostles like we saw last week. And in the beginning of Acts in chapter one, verse four, it says that on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. And so this is exactly it. They had already talked about it before he had died. Now he's come back to them and eating with them after he had died and risen. And so he's telling them, wait here in Jerusalem until this gift comes. And so they listened and they were all gathered in Jerusalem for Pentecost. And it says a little bit further in Acts that when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues as of fire, being distributed and resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So what this meant is they were able to talk in all these other languages of people began to understand them. And shortly after this is where Peter goes out and he gives his talk that we talked about last week and we're 3,000 people come to Jesus. And in this speech that Peter gave, he told them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we all have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, this guiding force, again, this truth, this direction, this clarity for our lives. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says that, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. God in the Holy Spirit dwells within us. He is in us here to guide us on our journey. If you go back into the Old Testament, you see God dwelling in a tabernacle. In Exodus chapter 25, God is saying to his people, he said, they shall make a sanctuary for me that I may dwell in their midst. This dwelling and all its furnishings, you shall make exactly according to the pattern I will show you. Again, this is back in the Old Testament, way before Jesus came. So back in this time, God dwelt with them in a tabernacle. And then as Jesus comes, his name is Emmanuel or God with us. So God loved us so much that he came down in the flesh to walk this earth with us. But now that Jesus has died and he's about to go to heaven and he does go to heaven, God still wants to be dwelling with us. And so now it is within our body. Our body is this temple of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is dwelling in each and every single one of us. And it's here as a guide to help us on our journey, again, to help us see truth, to help us see then the shortcomings so that we can see that we need Jesus as our Savior to make us whole again. 
But maybe today that you either have this voice muted or there are just so many things so loud around you that you just can't hear. Or sometimes too, we just choose to go another direction. And so if you're feeling lost, if you feel like you are driving in circles and you are not getting anywhere, if you're de- if you're yelling at the person you designated to be your map holder, or maybe you asked someone for help with directions and they didn't get you anywhere or where you wanted to be, this is a time to take a deep breath and realize that everything you need is within you. And, and that sounds great. What do you do if you're struggling to hear the spirit? Then what? I want to give you a couple of tactical things that I do in my life when I really just feel like I'm struggling to hear the voice of God, the presence of God. And so first thing is just unmuting, right? For the longest time I was going through my life, doing my own thing in my own way, going down my own path, not even realizing that I had pushed the mute button. And there were definitely some big roadblocks and wrong turns that were trying to signal me to unmute. And boy, I just pushed them aside. And so maybe this is your reminder today, your reminder today that you got an unmute button, or maybe you don't even know that you have a guide within you that talks. And for most of us, it's not an audible voice, but it's this inner voice, this inner guide. And you might be thinking, okay, how do I know this voice? And you learn to know the voice of God through prayer, through reading scripture and knowing what his voice sounds like as he speaks through the words of scripture, which takes me to this point of, okay, then how do I turn this on? How do I start hearing it? And I think first is just remembering that it's there. And then for sure, for me, it is just that diving into scripture, seeing how God talks, seeing what is important to him, and then sitting for time in prayer. It takes this time of slowing down, pulling over to the side of the road, taking your hands off of the wheel and just sitting back and being with Jesus. The thing is, it's not just a one-time thing. It's not a, okay, get me back on course and then just go drive and then not listen to it again. It's a daily thing. It's a way of life. It's creating life that allows you to have this time with God, devoted time so you can listen and see how he speaks to you, what matters to him, what he values, and create a relationship with him. And that happens through prayer. And that happens through reading his written word and scripture. And so the next thing then that I that I have to do is, okay, I'm getting to this point where I'm sitting and being present with him and trying to know him. Then in order to hear that voice of that spirit, I've got to decrease the noise. One of the easiest ways for the enemy to keep us from the spirit is just distraction. And to make everything else so loud that we don't hear it. And there's a lot of distractions in life. We've talked about a lot of them. Maybe for you, it's just busyness. Maybe you just feel like you have to go 100 miles an hour in a million different directions. You're always on. You're never unplugged, never in the stillness and quiet to hear God. And for a lot of times for me, this is mental. I can be in a quiet room and all the noises are down. But for whatever reason, I'm sitting here and my thoughts all are over the place. I think, oh, what did I have to do today? Oh, I pick up my phone and all of a sudden I'm praying. All of a sudden I'm scrolling on my phone, right? And it's just all these mental distractions. And so it's it's finding this way to sit and be still. And it's a battle every day, but it's something I know that's worth fighting for. Maybe a distraction in your life is anxiety or depression or illness, hardship, or some kind of stressor. And the last thing that the enemy wants for you is to sit down with God's spirit and have the things that you need to overcome those hardships. And so maybe for you, you're stuck dwelling on whatever it is that you're dealing with instead of dwelling with the one who will help you through it. 
Perhaps for some of us, it's really loud and we can't hear it because there's another noise. Sometimes other noises can even seem to be good. Maybe it's another person who has a really good intention, but they're just really loud in guiding you in your life. Or maybe they just don't know you enough to be guiding you. We were created to be led. And so if God and his guiding force through the Holy Spirit is not leading you, someone else will. And I, I talk about this all the time. It's so good to have other people to guide us back to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But if you sit down and you take this time to see, okay, are these voices in my life leading me back to God, leading me back to the Holy Spirit? And the answer is no. It's time to quiet some of those voices in your life. And you can do so in a polite way. Thank you so much for your input, but it's not letting those be the direction of your life. It's letting people guide you back to God and letting him be the direction in your life. Sometimes loud noises can also just be good work. Maybe you are so caught up in doing service projects or volunteering that that is taking up all of your time. And that's the only thing that you can think about. And you're forgetting to keep God in the center of it and keep with constant conversation with him. So sometimes even good things, when we don't keep God in the center of it, can be loud and can distract that Holy Spirit from us. And then the next thing after unmuting and decreasing the noise is learning to take the guidance. (laughs) And I think for a lot of us, this is where we get stuck. The Holy Spirit is filled with our truth. It knows the exact course that we should be on. If we make a wrong turn, it's going to quickly be there telling you to recalculate and make a U-turn. If you are speeding, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you when there's a speed trap and when you need to slow down. The Holy Spirit has every single pit stop, every single place of rest and when to refuel. And so it's knowing to take that guidance and actually being okay to take it. And here's the most beautiful thing. The Holy Spirit has your destination. The final destination is our home in heaven. And that is our internal guide of getting there. But here's the best thing. When you can let go of the control, when you can let go of the person who's got to figure it all out and just go with whatever the next step on the screen is, right? Usually the next step says turn in nine miles. If you can just focus there and trust where the spirit is guiding you, you are already at your destination because you are in the exact place where you're meant to be. When my husband and I were just married, we flew out to Phoenix, we rented a car, and we took the road trip from Phoenix to Vegas. And it was one of the most beautiful drives we'd ever been on. We just set the trip and we just went and the view was spectacular. The scenery was beautiful. Even a part of the drive, there had been a big wildfire that had went through one of the areas. It it was a lot of destruction, but there was just almost this sense of peace and calm and you could almost just see some of that new growth coming. And it was a beautiful drive. And this is how traveling is through life when you go with God. There's nothing to stress about. There are beautiful views. And even in places where the most unforeseen circumstance happen, you will find a sense of peace. And I can tell you there is just so much weight lifted when you don't have to figure out the course on your own. When you have a guide telling you when to take a turn, when to slow down, where to refuel and how to do it. And that's the best thing is we don't have to know all the details. We just have to learn how to listen, how to stay connected to the spirit. And then I, this is for me is just, just letting go of the control and just trusting it. 
And I have found that the best way to learn how to get over that is just to start with simple, small surrenders in your day to day and start taking those steps and just taking action. Because once you get into it and see how freeing it is, you're just going to want more and more of it. And maybe you're here like, I don't know, I've got a a lot of weak areas. This all sounds great, but I don't even know what to do. In Romans chapter eight, this is a really good couple lines of scripture. I love this. It's verses 26 through 27. It says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So even if this is a weak area for you, even if you don't even know how to pray and ask for help, even if you don't even know what to pray to God for, the Holy Spirit is here. It's here to intercede for you, to be your guidance, to give you the direction, your truth, and your way so that you can go through life doing God's will for your life. So if you feel like your course is way off from where you're meant to be, this is just a reminder today to pull over, sit on the side of the road, take your hands off of trying to steer for a moment, unmute, connect back to God. And maybe it's just Holy Spirit. I just want to feel something today. I just, I just am searching for you. I don't even know what to pray for, but I know you know what I need. And I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to be in your presence until I get this nudge of which direction to go. And when you do, because I find when I pray that I pretty quickly know where I need to go, then you take the step and you enjoy the journey because it's already been marked out for you. Let's end today in prayer. Dear God, we just want to thank you so much for your gift of the Holy Spirit, that you have always had this desire to dwell with us, to be with us, a desire so much that you sent your only son here in the flesh to walk with us. And now that you dwell within each and every single one of us, and God, I just pray for help just unmuting and hearing the voice of the Spirit in our life today. I pray that for whatever distraction is loud, causing us not to hear your voice, that that can be decreased and your voice increased in the presence of our life. God, most of all, I just pray for strength to follow your lead, to know that we don't have to figure it all out, but know that we just need to take a step and you will keep guiding us. And even when we make a little wrong turn, as long as we're listening, you will be there course correcting us time after time after time. Thank you for your help, for your guidance, and your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for being here today. Something I want to start doing with this podcast is giving you some journal prompts or some reflection prompts, whether you just want to sit and write or just sit and pray. So when you look down into the show notes, we're going to have those there listed for you. We also send out some scripture reflection and journal prompts in our weekly Faith-Filled Friday emails. All that information can be found in the links of the show notes. So make sure you check that out. And we'll be back again sharing more with you guys next week.